Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast. As always, I am Illegal86 and I am joined by my fantastic friends, Nerd Bomber and Tactic. We are here today to talk about various things in the nerd culture world. I want to come in hot right out of the gate. Okay, can you say it for me? Because I can't, I still can't, like, is it ta-dum? Ta-dum. Yeah, you just make the Netflix sound. Ta-dum. Like, you don't, don't say the word, just make the Netflix sound. You know what I'm talking about? I know what you're talking about. I understand the gist. Yeah, well, let me be clear. I didn't understand the gist until you guys explained it to me about, you know, 10 minutes before we started airing. Perhaps for that reason and relatedly, I hate I hate it. I were hate you that trying to figure out, name. like, did you think it was an acronym and you were trying to figure out what each letter meant? 100% thought it was an acronym and was trying to figure out what the letters meant at one point. But it was one of those things where I was like, what does this stand for? And then I was like, I don't really care. Like, I didn't even know it was Netflix associated until I did some reading on it. There was like a hashtag to them on Twitter. And I was like, I wonder what that is. That was like, to me, that that makes it a bad name for a showcase or a convention or I guess whatever it is you would call to them. They should have called it like Netflix con or something like that or Netflix presents or Netflix events or something like that. Right. Because even like we, when we talked about a couple weeks ago, we talked about D23. I had to ask what D23 meant. But I still know that it's Disney associated. So, so you know, that alone, I, I think, put me in a reasonable place. So this, I can't even associate Netflix with it. There was a lot rolled out in the Tidum showcase. It's never going to feel good for me saying that. So just get ready for a lot of hesitations and pauses as I as I roll through that. We're going to be talking about that today. A lot of the things that were revealed. We're going to be focusing a little bit more on the newly revealed content that is not like new season of this show that none of us have seen or like you know stuff like that or even like new seasons of shows that we have seen because i feel like you kind of know if you like you a know show. what the gist is yeah right. and like there was nothing that was for all of like the new kind of season stuff because i watched a few of those and like it didn't seem groundbreaking it was like maybe a snippet or a scene but it wasn't like a full-blown trailer for anything we'll, we'll get into it there's a lot of things that are particularly interesting uh we're gonna be talking about a sequel which i'm really excited about but we're not going to be focusing too much on second seasons of of shows or anything like that we're also going to be talking about logitech's new handheld cloud gaming console which will launch this october more of the details on that to come that being officially announced after some images were leaked a few weeks back and then of course we are also going to be talking about technic and i's favorite superhero I would, is that fair to say, Tactic? I don't want to assume. For, I think Iron Man's probably my favorite superhero, but is that Iron Man is my favorite superhero, well? and I don't think he should be yours. But that's a conversation for another day. I, to me, you don't get you to just, tell people fought, what yeah. their favorites are. You, but we fought about this before. Your he, personality he jives with Spider Man. Just be Spider Man. Just like be Spider Man. I'm willing to be Spider Man, but at this point, uh, it should be clear for the people who listen to the show on a regular basis that I'm a little bit contrarian and you wanting me to not be an Iron Man fan just makes me want to be an Iron Man fan like harder. Okay. Yeah. You can be fine. All right. Fine. Yeah. You could be number two fan. That's fine. You don't actually, if we're going based on like personality type, I think you are more Ant-Man than Iron Man. So how do you feel about that? Because you have like that quirky humor and Tony Stark is not a very like funny person. Not saying that illegal is not funny, but like, Oh, I'm not funny. You're more like Ant-Man humor. You're more of a Paul Rudd. Am I that Spider-Man-y? I would say you're more Spider-Man-y than me. This is an interesting I'm conversation. Not... This should be maybe a secret segment. All right, let's, like... put a, let's put a pin in this. I, you guys aren't even going to hear my re- rebuttal. This is this is secret segment to align who we are in the MCU. And that's it. We'll put a pin in it. I'm not Spider-Man. 
I just want to, I want to just end, I want to get the last word, in other words, and I want to say I don't think I'm Spider-Man. We're going to be talking about an Iron Man video game. We're not going to be talking about Iron Man. That would not be very interesting because there's, you know, everybody knows who Iron Man is. An Iron Man video game was just announced that we're going to be talking about. And in fact, why don't we, why don't we lead off with that? And that feels like, I I feel like we're already, you know, the juices are flowing, RE uh, superheroes. So why don't we just get into that? Marvel Entertainment and Motive Studio. Now, Motive Studio, uh, one thing you may know them for is the Guardians of the Galaxy video game, which I know you guys have some recent experience with, at least. I know Nerd Bomber, you do. It is amazing. Yeah, we'll touch on that in a minute. But also Star Wars Squadrons, which I played like a quarter of it, and then I didn't finish it. (laughs) So I don't know, like, I don't know if I want to draw any parallels between the two things, because it sounds like there's going to be something very different. But Essentially, they've announced an all-new Iron Man video game, single-player, third-person action adventure. Those are the things that we... Those are really the things that we know about it. I I mean, I'll I'll quote here. The game will feature an original narrative that taps into the rich history of Iron Man, channeling the complexity, charisma, and creative genius of Tony Stark, and enabling players to feel what it's like to truly play as Iron Man. This is directly from EA's website, for what it's worth. I take very little away from that, other than the fact that it's third-person, which I think is the correct choice. I don't think you could fly if you're in first person. I feel like it would be very jarring. Like my only contacts with a game where you fly in the first person is like a Call of Duty jetpack thing, but that's so short burst sort of flying. I don't know if you're like zooming around the city. I don't know how that would work in first person. So I agree like third person is the best choice for this. Yeah. And there was a, I believe, I don't have to Google around to check on this. There was a movie tie-in game back in 08 when the movie came out that was third that was person. Third and person. I played, yeah, I was just going to say that. Yeah. And, it was and I played good. the demo for it. Yeah. that's. I only played the demo for it on the 360, but I remember thinking, this is pretty good. And then I never played the full thing. But, you know, otherwise we've got, what have we gotten as far as Iron Man video games go? We've gotten Ultimate Alliance, the VR experience. And the VR experience. And, and Avengers as well but but i don't know that we've gotten any any flagship iron man game that has truly made made waves in the way that i think guardians of the galaxy did and and this is where i swing it over to you nerd bomber i mean you have some probably the strongest body of recent experience with motive i will soon have a strong body of experience with them as well because they are also working on the dead space remake but what is your level of hope and excitement i guess for a motive studio driven Iron Man game. So I don't know. Guardians of the Galaxy was actually Square Enix. And I believe it's just the producer of that game who came over. But assuming that the producer is going to try to make it very akin to the Guardians game that he just, you know, worked on. I want to see in-depth storytelling because I think one of Guardian's biggest pluses, like the gameplay was fun, but I think where it shined the most was in its storytelling. And the fact that it was able to do a really good job kind of separating the video game Guardians of the Galaxies from you know, the Marvel MCU version of it. And they did a really good job, like giving them their own backstories and kind of helping them stand alone. So when you were looking at Star-Lord, you weren't like, oh, why isn't this lining up with the Chris Pratt version that I know? It was something that it was kind of like new and did a really good job even explaining the characters' relationships and how they grew as a team. So I think if you focus on story and lean into like a comic story beat instead of trying to even do any tertiary tie-in to the movies, I think that's primarily what I want to see. Because we know from like a technical gameplay standpoint, EA square like those studios and like the producer they know how to make a technically good game it's you know bringing it all together and making it fun that said like flying i'm still 
I have so much hesitation with line. Yeah. And how that's implemented is really going to like impact, I think, the fun factor for me. So that'll be interesting because I don't really love flying in games that much but i'll suffer through it if there's a good story it's a challenging mechanic and it's undoubtedly crucial to the success of this of this game i agree with everything you said and i you know touching on what you said about you know guardians of the galaxy did not have chris pratt as as star lord essentially like i want to focus on the one visual that we have here which ea does have essentially a picture of iron man in per- what i will call purposefully low light so we don't see a whole lot of detail you can get a you kind can see of a little hint of the art style that it's it's right. not you, this going to be this uncanny valley realistic trying to look thing that it's going to look like a little bit cartoony animated but like 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 honestly similar like to the guardians of the galaxy where it, where it looks good and it fits it doesn't make you uncomfortable well even like what they did if you look at all of the best and most successful comic book adaptations like you even take a look at spider-man and spider-man miles morales and i think those also did really well because they completely separated themselves from the mcu and like it wasn't like it didn't look photorealistic because i mean the character models did look very realistic but like they weren't pretending like they were going to try to link it in like the avengers game which was just a disaster because it was just close enough but not quite there one thing i am curious about is it said that it's going to delve into the rich history of iron man and i'm curious what if that statement is alluding to kind of where the story starts or rather just in reference to the overall lore and like so similar to the spider-man games like the first one where you're studying with Dr. Octavius, are we going to start 15 years old at MIT? Where is the the start off of where you get introduced to Tony Stark's life and kind of how he progressed and became who he was? Or is it going to be he's already got his powers and became something more? And I'm just really interested to see. Right. Well, I, I think and Spider-Man is definitely the gold standard for me, at least. It's the gold standard of how you make a superhero video game these days. And if I recall correctly, Spider-Man jumps you right in. You're, there's no origin story. You're already Spider-Man, essentially, mm-hmm. which I think is the approach they should they should take here, because the more you do an origin story, the more you're going to draw comparisons with other things, which, again, I think they should be trying to avoid. And it's interesting mental ground to be on. You know, I don't know why i can so much more easily play the spider-man video game and not be constantly drawing comparisons to movie characters or movie likenesses the way that i was just watching the avengers trailer i want to disagree with you for a second in the spider-man games if you do origin stories it does draw you to the movies because we we got the spider-man origin story over and over and over with tony stark it was basically it opened up he's in war he's showing missiles and that's it it didn't really go back further to you know he was a genius child his his father was was howard stark it didn't it but didn't... like how do you play that aside from like a cutscene, how do you play that and then the other thing you're leaving out is Puzzles. that he was a dick during that time yeah <laughs> that's not that's not fun like he was notably an egotistical not nice person and he became a egotistical nice person <laughs> kind of ki- kind of with nice a super person. suit could you just imagine the first like half of the game you have dialogue options and instead of having like your standard nice option and mean option it's all just dick options like you get yeah, paragon like, based on your choices it's just mean and horrifying those are the two <laughs> choices yeah I, I i think i think you're right that delving into the comic book war i mean 
Iron Man is one of those things. There's probably so much untapped comic potential that we don't. Well, Tactic, I'm sure you know about it, but I do not know about it. And that's what makes me the number two Iron Man fan on this podcast. Well, another thing that they could do is the other side of things. There's versions of Iron Man where he becomes completely corrupt if if you if you have a moment look into the superior iron man comics it's awesome but there's there's that take on it there's just so many different types of of ways that they can go about this because the lore is just so rich and vast there's even the protege aspect of you know can you play can you play as ironheart can you play as iron lad there's there's very different spin-offs or dlc that they can really push this to i and it's going back to the visual too i definitely do like what we're seeing you look at it and you know right away that it's iron man but it's different enough you know the eye shape is similar but they're it looks like they're kind of set into the helmet in a different way uh, the arc reactor shape is it's not a circle nor is it a triangle it's a diamond which i don't know in the MCU, did he ever have a diamond? That's, that feels like a very purposeful choice in this in this concept. He had a art triangle at one point. I don't think he had a diamond. Yeah, he, it, it went circle and then it went triangle very quickly. And I think it stayed triangle for that for the rest of it, I believe. But I could someone can fact check me on that on, on Twitter at OWLeel86. This is this is gonna be good. I think I, I hope it doesn't distract them too much from their development of Dead Space, <laughs> but. You know, they're, they're a big company. I think they probably know what they're doing. So uh, no release date yet on this. Obviously, very, very fresh. They're basically just saying, we're working on this. And actually, this article that they released about it says, hey, check out the open positions on our website. <laughs> so they're like recruiting people to help work on this game. So it's, it's clearly in very early stages of development. So I'm sure we will hear more soon. But that's all for now, folks. Let's, let's, let's move into the main event, which is to-doom. To-doom. Okay, it felt a little bit better that time. I think the way we can go about this, you know, again, kind of considering how much of this is season four of the manifest or like things like that, that we just really have no no basis for discussing. We can kind of go around and, and each pick one thing to start and, and see where that takes us. I want to, in my mind, steal the best thing. And that's look, that's that's my right as the, as the driver of this of this podcast boat. So you're gonna you guys are gonna have to deal with that. I know that all three of us watched Enola Holmes, or as Nerd Bomber put it in our group chat, Ebola Holmes, which I would like to see that too. Let me start by My saying My autocorrect that. was very crazy. I think at one point I also called Gal Gadot Gal something. I don't even know. Uh, Gal Gator. I believe it was Gal Gator. Let me, Gal let me check Gator. the tape. It was, yeah, there was, so there's Ebola Holmes and then... Let's see. I think it, I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. This is good content for the list. Yeah, Gal Gator. So we'll talk. We'll probably talk about Gal Gator in a minute. But I want to start with Ebola Holmes. And Ola Holmes too got a trailer. And this was you know a full two minute. Here's what's going on trailer. And Millie Bobby Brown returning as the title character. Henry Cavill returning as Sherlock Holmes. It looks like there's two mysteries going on at once. Which you know what's better than one mystery in a movie? Two mysteries. Well, that's why it's I'm called all the in Nola on Holmes this too. Right. In teeny tiny parentheses that you can't see, there's mysteries at the end. I'm all in on this. In the trailer too, there's a lot of fourth wall breaking, which I think was one of the great things about the first movie. You know, the, the first movie, I don't want to sit here and say that it was the greatest thing in the world because I'm sure I didn't when I talked about it last time on the podcast, but it definitely caught my attention and it was at minimum a cute and fun experience and something that I think we also all agreed when we talked about it that was probably a franchise starter. And lo and behold, here's the franchise. Yeah, we're, we're going to get more of it. And I, I think that's a good decision. I'm also like a Sherlock Holmes fan in general. So anything that's even tangentially Sherlock Holmes, I'm very into. So 
I'm interested to see, because it seems like Sherlock Holmes is going to have a little bit more hands-on part of a role in this movie. I think in the first one, he was like there, but he wasn't totally involved in an investigation or anything. He was just like kind of of like- passenger. Yeah, he was kind of like orbiting Enola Holmes. And it seems like in this movie- at least based on this trailer, they're going to end up working together or at least working on similar slash maybe overlapping mysteries and run into each other a lot. And I'm interested to see because like they're both very big characters and I don't want to take away necessarily from Enola Holmes. That's kind of my one big fear because like we've had Sherlock Holmes. I kind of want to see an Enola Holmes take. I couldn't agree more. This this needs to be done very carefully to make sure that she remains the star of the show. Because Henry, you're great. We love you, but like you're everywhere. You're not Enola. I'm not sure to, and I I probably brought this up last time we when we talked about the movie. We'd have to go back and check the tape. But like, I actually don't think Henry Cavill is a great Sherlock Holmes. Like, I don't think he's the correct choice. If you read about Sherlock Holmes, he is a pasty, malnourished, cocaine addicted person for like a lot of his stories. Like, um, he do you like seem... Robert Downey Jr. then? Wow. I did love Robert Downey Jr. actually. Not that Robert Downey Jr. is, you know, really any of those things, but he's also like not Henry Cavill. Like he doesn't look like the most polished and trim fit individual in the world. Well, also like uh, isn't Sherlock Holmes supposed to be like quirky. And to me, this iteration of Sherlock Holmes just feels a little stuffy. I don't know if like he's well, very well regarded, obviously, but like he's very stuffy. He doesn't seem as like kind of quirky and out there as... I remember Sherlock Holmes being in a other iterations like with Robert Downey Jr. or even just reading the books. Honestly, yeah. And, you know, while we're getting down the Sherlock Holmes rabbit hole, like one of the better Sherlock Holmes character adaptations is Benedict Cucumber Patch and the BBC series. That is like the most Sherlock Holmes like he nailed because it's like it's a quirkiness. Yes, but it's almost like an irritability where like and it does border on stuffiness at times. So I, I that, that may be why Henry Cavill is playing it the way that he is. But I just don't think he's a great Sherlock Holmes. So I'm not worried as much as you guys are, you know, even watching the trailer. I don't think there was a single scene that we saw that was not still being shown to us from her perspective. You know, it, it does seem like his involvement level is going to go up, but I'm actually very interested in the exploration of that relationship as at one point they are allies, but at various other points in the trailer, you can see that they're almost working against each other. So I think that could be interesting. I would love for it to not get in the way of the mysteries or mysteries, plural. I don't think it will. I, I have high hopes for it, but generally excited for that one. I'll swing it over. Did you see anything else in here that you really wanted to, that really, you know, rustled your jimmies? so to speak in the into doom sorry to doom to them one of the ones that i was actually really interested in was the watcher and this is a horror movie or i think it's a limited series not necessarily a movie it's a limited series and it's basically this family moves into a house and they get a letter a creepy letter that's basically saying that you know whoever wrote the letter has been assigned to watch them and watch the house and kind of become obsessed with them and that the house wants young blood basically implying that like their kids are going to get killed in this house and the trailer makes it like spooky like they're trying to figure out who in the town might be the person sending them these letters and like messing with them and they make it seem very ominous and there's two things that kind of draw me to this even though I don't like scary things one is that the scariest movie that I think I've ever seen in my life is The Strangers and that is because it was based off a true story well apparently this movie or limited series The Watcher is also based off a true story and like those are the things that freak me out the most when it's just like crazy people in real life doing things to terrorize people that is just like bone chilling to me so there's that 
but also the cast is like very, very high profile, amazing, amazing cast. Yeah, cast. So that's another thing that's kind of drawing me to this, even though I don't typically like scary things. So I'll probably end up watching this. I will regret it and not want to be home by myself ever after watching it. Yeah. But I feel like I will probably end up watching this just because this is the kind of like this is the creepy stuff that gets under my skin and it's kind of like true crime stuff and I can't look away. So, yeah. So I think the lead Bobby Cannavale is mm-hmm. amazing. Uh, he was just in a show called nine perfect strangers, which I think I talked about And the show itself was pretty middling, but he was amazing in that show. I think he's generally a very good actor that people are, a lot of people are sleeping on. Uh, Richard kind is also in this Margot Martindale from Dexter, who I loved is really is in this. I think that uh, this is going to be interesting. I did actually watch, a, I think it was BuzzFeed. I can't remember if it was BuzzFeed Unsolved or BuzzFeed Supernatural. Probably Unsolved, considering what, what it is. But they had a video about this, because this, this is a, a very true story. I think we mentioned that already, but it just, this happened to people. So I, I agree. I think that makes it scarier. And I'm I'm definitely invested in this. And, you know, I know you're the way you are about it, Nerd Bomber. But here in this house, we are a scary, scary thriller stuff. Uh, household so this is going to be watched probably as soon as it comes out honestly october 13th is when this comes out and uh yeah that's going to happen speaking of which i don't know if we ever mentioned the release date of enola holmes 2 that might be because we don't have one yet if we do i can't see it here so it's coming out at some point tactic anything to say about the watcher or anything else you want to mention i know what you want your thing to be but but anything related on true events i just love watching because then i can go okay this is what we're going to do to our security system now Right. You'll learn some stuff. I mean, granted, I think this happened in like the 80s or something, but I guess I don't know if that's how they're... If someone's sending you letters, I don't know how you like protect yourself against that. Like there's really nothing you can do about creepy letters coming to your house. Yeah, you can. You rig your mailbox. I mean, the mailman delivers it. So what are you going to do there? You say don't give any of these letters, mailman. It's freaking me out. Well, tactic. Uh, that's, some, that's some food for thought, I guess. But in the meantime, what, what got you going? What got your blood pumping? So speaking of like live things and real things that are exciting to watch. I really want to watch the Redeem team. That looks fantastic. I think, I mean, we know how it's going to go because obviously it happened in real life, but like to get the backstory and the commentary of it, I think it's just going to be a fun ride. Even in the little trailer that we saw with LeBron, it was just hilarious. So I just, more of that, please. LeBron James is, and I I, I think, have, did we all see Trainwreck? Or is it just me? The Amy Schumer movie it. that LeBron is in it. He's in it and amazing. He's like Bill Hader's friend. He's like, he like stole the movie. He was like one of the funniest parts. I think he has a lot of charisma and I think he's the correct person to like, you want him in your sports documentary. And I also, I agree that I think sports documentary, not that I watch very many, but like sports stories like that are interesting and get a lot of traction. And actually one thing I watched recently, I don't know if you guys watched this. I don't know if I mentioned it on my, what are you up to? I think it was during our hiatus. So I probably didn't. But the Manti Teo documentary on Netflix, did you guys happen to watch that? No, we never got because, around to it. Because, man, that is a story. Like, that was something that happened, like, in 2007, like, 15 years ago. And, like, we were of a certain age where, like, I wasn't paying too much attention to things that happened, for lack didn't, of a better term. Didn't he say he had, like, a fake girlfriend or something? I don't he, remember. He had... I don't want to minimize Manti Teo. But, yes, essentially what happened was he he had a girlfriend who turned out to be fake and at one point 
he thought she had died from cancer, I think. And it turned like he turned into this whole inspirational story that he used during his senior year at Notre Dame. And then it came out that she never existed. So it was like a really bad PR look for him. It's a really fascinating story and it's totally unrelated to what we're talking about. I just think sports documentaries are great. The Aaron Hernandez one on Netflix, also pretty good. I don't remember what that one's called. Uh, obviously, I'm more football interested than than like basketball interested. But nonetheless, sports stories are, are very, very interesting things. I want to make mention of Heart of Stone. And if you'll allow me, I would like to do so in a negative light. <laughs> uh, I think it. this looks fine. I think this looks fine. I cannot even count how many Netflix action movies have come out that I've just been like, wow, I don't care. That, I feel this like this the same way I feel about Extraction and Extraction 2. Yeah. Like, like, I, and okay. That's exactly what I was about to say. It's like they're, they're, they're hyping up Extraction 2 into Doom. And I'm like, I did not see Extraction 1 and I had no interest in it. And I still don't have interest in it. So why are you making an Extraction 2? I'm kind of glad we're all on the same wavelength here because even I think the other one was The Mother. That was the J-Lo one. And there's also like a Noah Centennial show that they announced, but they didn't like have a trailer or anything. And I was just like, as I'm watching these trailers, I'm thinking to myself, it feels like Netflix spends so much money because like you're action movies like this they have a big budget in order to do all of those stunts and even like the extraction 2 trailer they were saying how in the first movie and then in the second movie they're having these scenes where it's all one like shot the camera just moves in this very elaborately planned way so that they never cut filming and they're planning on like landing a helicopter on a train or something without like cutting it's it's like great but i don't i'm never gonna see it because i don't care And like you pair the budget to kind of pull something like that off with your big stars, like your Gal Gadot's, your Chris Hemsworth, your J-Lo's. Like, do they make enough money off of these like massive action movies? I don't know. Because like they have the rom-com they also announced with Ashton Kutcher and Reese Witherspoon and they didn't have a trailer for it. So I didn't plan on talking about it. But they announced something like that. And like that has to be such a smaller budget. And probably and I'm have, much more interested in that. Yeah, and like, value, by the way. I feel like more people end up watching those when you, you look at like the top ten when these original movies come out. Like I feel like all of the like rom coms and teen movies and all that kind of stuff kind of rise to the top. And not that the action movies don't, but like you get more bang for your buck. It feels yeah. like for the rom com route. I don't know. I'm also getting to a point with these action movies, spy movies, whatever, where no one's that badass. Like, no one is that badass. And, like, we all know, we all know that spies are really like normal looking people because they blend into society, right? You're not going to pick a spy who's six foot four, all muscle, you know, none of that. And that's why there's like other movies in this to dumb that, like, for example, and I'm sorry we're jumping all over the place, but like they clone Tyrone. Just those seem more like real people in like well not real situations but those seem like more like real people in an action movie that just kind of got placed there that's just more interesting to me yeah definitely and like let me name some other ones for you because a a bunch immediately come to mind for me the gray man red notice six underground i haven't seen any of them they must cost so much money like they must cost an, an insane amount of money and like don't get me wrong i love an action movie i think i've learned from a couple movies one of them being Project Power, which I would consider at least a little bit an action movie. I learned like, all right, Netflix is not where I should be going for action movies. Like, I get that they're a legit studio now and they can make these giant movies. But like, I watched the trailer for The Gray Man and I was like, I'm just not that interested. 
And, you know, this to me, I think Gal Gadot, or shall I call her Gal Gator, <laughs> is great. And I think this looked pretty good, but it also felt a lot like white noise to me. It felt like very similar to most other Netflix thriller spy movies that are that they're kind of just peppering us with nowadays. Well, I think so I'm, I'm, that's I'm glad the that problem. we're all on the same page on that. Like you think about your franchises, your action spy thrillers that really stand out. And I know part of it is because like the names behind them, like Tom Cruise is just a juggernaut at this point. But you look at your Mission Impossibles, you look at your James Bond movies, and like we don't have 8,000 of these tentpole spy thriller franchises. And it feels like Netflix is trying to like make a spy star. And they just, because they're doing so many movies with so many big stars like it's too much you have to like take instead of giving us like 15 different action movies and trying to see which one sticks the most do one really well you know like make one action star and lean into it make a franchise that has a story that actually matters instead of like you said this white noise I don't know. Not and my you, you just made me think of another one. I can't think of the name of it. We, we all watched it. Charlize Theron is immortal. Oh, yeah. What was yeah. the name of that movie? Because that was another remember. one that like, <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't bad. The Old Guard. That's what it was called. The Old Guard. It wasn't bad. It wasn't that good. Like it just, it, it was, I don't know. It was it just, like those, those action movies something. washed over me. Yeah. It was, like, I can't yeah. even put my finger on what was missing, but it was missing that like je ne sais quoi that sets something yeah. like a Mission Impossible or a Born Identity or a James Bond apart. And it just, yeah, I don't Mission know. Mission Impossible. I mean, there's just, there's no one doing it like Mission Impossible. And yeah, J- James Bond has a lot of, I don't want to say nostalgia, but there's something about James Bond that it's going to have staying power forever. And then, you know, Born had its heyday and kind of knew one to take an exit, at least to some extent, which I think was, was the correct thing. I'm glad we're all on the same page about that because I, I watched that and I was like, boy, it looks like they spent a lot of money on this thing I'm never going to watch. That was that was kind of my, my overarching opinion on it. We're going to we're going to have to move on. We're we're timing out here. But there's a lot, obviously, that we did not mention from Tudum among them, 1899, which I'm excited about. And I know we've talked about that in the past. All the stuff we just mentioned, even some of what we mentioned in passing, a lot of new content for The Witcher, the Blood Origin prequel, as well as the, the the upcoming season the upcoming seasons of a lot of shows in general i know you is very popular and that one had a new season teased i will i do want to make one quick point about you is that i don't understand how he becomes a college professor and also too many new characters that's all i have to say and i do want to make one quick point about pinocchio what kind of woodworker would just slap bark back on its head it looks awesome it looks absolutely awesome but the pinocchio design seems strange to me but also one other comment on pinocchio that's stop motion seems like so much work there it's i, the I think it's worth it though it's, i think it is I think, it oh, just seems so like a it. lot of work but it looks amazing yeah i totally agree but it just like man it's so cool but yeah what did we miss into doom what do we not cover that you want us to cover let us know at online warriors one is our main show account over on twitter i'm also at ow six we have at ow tactic at ow nerd bomber over there come hit us up let's have a conversation in the meantime we're going to take a short break as we often do or as we always do really but before we do we will do something else we always do which is shout out our fantastic patreon producer mr stephen keller stephen has been a producer on the show for a while now and as a result he gets input into the weekly game segment which i will probably lose again this week he also of course gets this producer shout out he has an occasional guest spot on the show which he did recently we had a great time with him here and of course he gets access rather to the monthly secret segment and vlog 
there is also a squire level of support which is not quite as high as the knight level of support on patreon that steven supports us at but as a squire you get access to the monthly secret segment and vlog and there is also a page which gets access to the monthly secret segment and of course the details on all of those things can be found over at patreon.com slash online warriors podcast go check us out there say hi to us say hi to steven consider giving back to the show and letting us keep this thing rolling on we'll take a short break now and we will come back to talk about logitech's new cloud game gaming system. Our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because we heard them advertise on other shows and quite frankly, I wanted to see what all the hype was about and let me tell you, the hype was real. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all the things. It's quick and easy for me to toss back in the morning as I'm getting ready for work. One scoop into a glass of water helps me wake up even on tired mornings, and I know my gut and immune system will be prepped for the day. And I know what you're thinking. Green drink. Blech. But Athletic Greens green drink actually tastes really good. The best part is that I get all my supplements in for way cheaper than taking individual supplements themselves. It costs less than three bucks a day, so you're investing in your health for cheaper than a cup of coffee. It's also a trusted product. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews and comes recommended by professional athletes and leading health experts alike. And for every purchase, you're helping to feed kids. Athletic Greens donates to organizations helping to get nutritious food to kids in need, including No Kid Hungry here in the U.S. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com emerging. Again, that is Athletic greens.com slash emerging to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance thanks to athletic greens for helping to sponsor the show and now we'll get back to the episode let me ask you guys a question have you ever wanted a switch that could play games from xbox cloud gaming i mean yes <laughs> but not this device. <laughs> okay that, no that, that's that's a good lead-in so yeah let me just let me set the table and then we can we can dive more into this uh logitech's g cloud gaming handheld seven inch ips multi-touch screen 60 hertz refresh rate 1920 by 1080 resolution i mean yeah picture a switch is that is that the wrong way to put this but i mean like it, it's the switch yeah it's a switch it's a steam deck but a lesser it's the first than one. cloud gaming one though it's a switch is not a cloud gaming game system. I, I want to kind of stake the main the main thing I have to say about this, because I really don't feel any particular way about this, to be honest with you. But the one thing I would have to say, I'm guessing a lot of people are looking at this and saying the success or failure of this is all about the games library that it, that it gives you access to. I disagree. The success or failure of this device is about the graphics and the performance. If those two things aren't very, very good, then most people who are in the target audience for this device probably already have a switch and i'm probably just going to stick with that is that is that a f unfair characterization of I, what this device is bringing to the table i is think how i feel inherently this is set up to fail so i think this definitely 
would have a market, right? I think a handheld device that can allow you to play PC or console games is in the market. I mean, the Steam Deck is wildly popular. You can't even order one. I mean, it's on back order. You can be on a wait list, but you're not going to get one anytime soon. I think where this is set up to fail is that where the Steam Deck allows you to download games, you can also play it like through the browser and stuff you can probably access all of your cloud games for $50 more you have the ability though to not be beholden to a wi-fi signal and I think this is just a very expensive device like this is $250 I believe this Logitech streaming device and 350 350 actually currently available for 300 I don't know the, the end of this IGN article is very confusing. It says Logitech says the device will begin shipping in North America next month. It retails for three hundred and forty nine dollars, but it's currently available on Amazon for two ninety nine ninety nine. Yeah, for so, fifty dollars more than that, though, like you can get a Steam Deck or at least be waitlisted for a Steam Deck, be able to download your games, not have to worry about an internet connection. I think for me, like Xbox Cloud Gaming, you can access on a cell phone at this point. Aside from having a slightly larger screen. I don't know why I would invest so much money in this device over, you know, just those little like, you know, the I don't remember what they're called, but they're basically like the controller that you stick your phone in. And there you go. Bada boom. Well, your phone is now a, a portable gamepad. You can play your Steam games on this. It's Steam offers a cloud gaming ability. Right. But you're beholden to yes, Wi-Fi. Like you can't just play offline like say that you're in an airplane if your plane doesn't have wi-fi access you're screwed you can't play this you're done cloud gaming if i think partially for the reasons you're describing it's something that i'm gonna have a hard time ever trusting like even even when they were talking about you know i remember when they were talking about the xbox series x taking advantage of the cloud and like showing those crackdown destructible environments and everything my first thought was if it's not being done on the machine i'm playing on i don't trust it i still feel that way I, I, I might I might feel that way until I try one of these things and it goes well for me. But I don't know. I don't love the idea of it being only as good as your internet connection is. Yeah, I think for a portable device, too, that is so critical. Like, I could get always having to be connected in your house. You know, everybody... I mean, you have to download patches and everything through the internet. Like you, even if you buy a disc on a console day one, you put it in, you have to be connected to the internet to get all the updates yes. and stuff. Yeah. So that I understand. But like, this is literally meant to be a portable device. And like, if you're out camping somewhere and you want to play a video game, it becomes a brick that you can't use. Like at that point, this just, I don't understand where it has a place. You get a Steam Deck or you get a Switch then. Do you take your Switch camping? I personally don't because I am terrified of breaking it, but there are a lot of people who would and they wouldn't be Follow able to play question. if they had this. Do you take it on the subway? Do you take it on the bus? Because the answer to those questions it does not is leave our house. For a lot of people, it's yet. Yeah. Well, but I'm saying for a lot of people, they but buy something like a Switch explicitly to do that. If you have a Switch and it doesn't leave your house and, and like it is always under the Wi Fi umbrella, why would you be against something like this Logitech device? I'm saying for most people, and I think Illegal was saying the same thing, like we're kind of the abnormality here. I think most people do buy these handheld devices and they feel comfortable taking it with them. And especially like if you're a commuter, yes. a lot of people take them, like you said, on the subway, you take them on the bus, you know, a lot of these places where you might not have Wi-Fi access. And I just don't, I guess I don't understand the target audience for this. Like if you are only planning on using this in your house, sure, but then you might as well just use your console. I don't quite understand the target audience for this. I agree. I, I you know, I don't, I don't want to be super to negative. Succeed. Yeah, but I, I just don't get it. So if they basically, yeah, I, if I, they have like an SD card that you put in and 
gives you temporary data so that one game at a time, would you be open to it? Yeah, I think you need to have an offline option. If you have a portable device, you just have to have an offline option. Internal memory, whatever. Agreed. I think, you know, then you might have you might have have an in, but I just other than, otherwise I'm not sure I trust it. Technic, it sounds like you're in favor of this. I don't I'm not going to ask you if you're going to go out and buy it, but as an idea, I also don't hate it because I like what the Switch does and I want more things that do what it does. But so, to me this, this ain't it. I'm going to save you guys if you don't want a Steam Deck, right? I'm going to save everybody. Logitech people, if you're out there, I'm very sorry. I like all of your other stuff, like I have your webcam, I have your mice and keyboards and i like them but this just isn't it because you can take your cell phone and even without a controller you can download all of these cloud apps and play on your cell phone additionally if you really want to get fancy you can 3d print if you have a 3d printer or even go on amazon for like five bucks and buy a clip to clip your phone onto an xbox controller and still download the app on your phone and then you have another portable way to play on your phone without spending an additional 300 to 350 dollars on a streaming device so i I mean i don't know if like that counter argument to me i don't know if people want to be using their phone for that because it drains battery and uh, people want to have their phone and then be gaming i mean that's fair but also get a battery pack now we're really sure it's still like you can have like 18 battery packs in your backpack and it's still probably cheaper than this device sorry to come down so negative on this yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna move us along because i think we're I don't want to poo-poo on this thing too hard. No, it's 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 a these these are fair points. I mean, if you go and on say Amazon to try to purchase it, literally every f- specification features you can do this, 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 and this as long as you have Wi-Fi, and then you could do that, 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 and this as long as you have Wi-Fi. So these right. these are fair points. So with that born in mind, it comes out October eighteenth. So if you, if you're thinking these guys are fools, I'm going to go buy this. Go buy it. You can buy it right now off Amazon. Fifty dollars off apparently and you'll have it october 18th we're gonna move into what are you up to wednesday and i feel like i've been starting a lot so i'm gonna not start and i'm gonna go ahead and swing it over to nerd bomber to kind of open things up for us here all right so disney dreamlight valley it is great this is that game that disney premiered a while back i remember yeah Yeah, i remember this it's a very like animal crossing-esque game and basically you're plopped into this disney like square basically where all the disney characters used to live but there are these dark viney things taking over the village and they also make everybody forget their memories so you for whatever reason have the magical power to remove these viney things that even merlin can't get rid of and your task was basically rebuilding the town restoring everybody's memories finding all of the disney characters that have left the village because when you start the game it's basically merlin goofy mickey and then scrooge mcduck are the only people who like stuck around so you have to basically then build up enough magic to travel to all all the like individual disney worlds and bring the characters back to the village and it is like it is great i was a little skeptical i also thought that i would be annoyed and that there would be like gotcha free-to-play gimmicks because this game right now is in like early access preview so you do have to pay for it now on most consoles if you have game pass which is how i'm playing it it's included with game pass so you're not paying anything but eventually it will go free to play so i assumed that there would be a lot of like timed things trying to get you to spend money and like there is the ability to buy coins and stuff but like i haven't found a necessity to 
do that yet. I think I've probably played, I don't know, maybe like 10, 15 hours so far over the span of like three or four days. And it's all of the great relaxing bits of Animal Crossing, like getting rid of the bad thorns is basically pulling up weeds. You can go fishing. You can plant a garden and go around and harvest like apples off of trees and then you can like cook. It like takes it a step further where then you cook and you like give your friends and people, you know, meals and you can sell that stuff. And then, you know, Scrooge McDuck opens a store and it's kind of like the Animal Crossing store where you can buy various furniture for your house and, you know, trick out your house, eventually upgrade your house and make it bigger. And you can even go through and kind of like move houses and kind of redesign the village layout. And it's it's just I'm having a lot of fun with it. It's got all of the like the f- relaxing fun elements of Animal Crossing with minor story beats because when you go to rescue or like bring back the Disney villagers, you know, you you get a little bit of the backstory like I had to go get Ratatouille and bring him back to my village and I basically had to help him cook and serve up, you know, the three course meal to impress the the food critic that was coming to his restaurant. So you get like the little Disney story beats and it's just like fun to chat with all of the little Disney characters that you run into and fish with Goofy and get some apples from trees with Mickey and cook with Ratatouille. And I'm really enjoying it so far. I can definitely see too how they can really turn this into what Animal Crossing maybe should have been, where you could kind of milk Animal Crossing, but Nintendo did not do this, where by rolling out new content to keep you bring, like coming back over and over, like they can continuously add on different characters and worlds and you can expand your village and have so much going on that they can like they have so many properties they can probably do it forever you know as long as they're making new movies and properties they can continue to expand this game so i think it's pretty good i'm very impressed with what i've seen so far in the game and i'm having a lot of fun with it i'm worried that it's going to be like a very animal crossing-esque thing for me personally though like i know some people can play these type of games forever i usually hit a stopping point where i'm like okay i'm done here and so that's my only like reservation is i feel like new content will be added later down the road and i'm just never going to go back to it because i'm i'll be tapped out of the game but for the amount of time that I'm tapped into the game, I'm having a lot of fun. So if you want to wait for it to be free to play, I wouldn't blame you, but you will probably have fun when you get around to it. So there you go. That is my experience. I, I kind of got back into like gaming mode. Yeah. For, for me, you know how, you know where I am on Animal Crossing. You don't it like it. It sounds like I would be in much, yeah, I would be in much the same spot on this game, I think. It sounds great. <laughs> it continues. If enjoying. you don't mind doing like mindless, not mindless tasks, but if you don't mind doing like mindless tasks and stuff, there's something very satisfying and relaxing about that, like checking off things off a box every day when you log into a game. Like, I don't know, it's relaxing, but it's not for everybody. Yeah, I mean, like when, when you put it like that, it appeals to me a little bit more, to be honest, because I'm a huge box checker in life. But I just don't know. I, I I don't know. I think I I feel like it is when I go into games. When I go into video gaming mode, I there's I want a little bit more escapism like that, and th- or than that. And it's not to say that that isn't capable of get providing that, but it's just a different thing that I I don't I don't know that is my cup of tea. But that's what makes us a beautiful wide world. I'm gonna I'm gonna steal the usual nerd bomber technic one two punch and use the video game talk as a transition into my latest video game venture, which I think I might have teased a couple weeks ago because we talked about Assassin's Creed and. That's right, folks. I dusted off the Xbox 360, and I am now playing Assassin's Creed 2. And when I say dusted off, 
I am being literal. I had to like blow dust off of it. It is a testament to engineering, I guess, that I turned it on. Because when, when I turned it on, I was like, is this going to work? And it worked fine. And I'm playing Assassin's Creed 2. It's an interesting experience so far. I, I generally do like it. And I think I like it more than I did when I first tried playing it like 10 years ago. It's dated. It, it, it is like, it's interesting to play games that came out before 2010 and see how they did things like cutscenes and character models and like it's 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 not even fully it's not just a graphics thing it's really not it's just like the way it's paced is different and it, and it may be I a harder thing it may be that you 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 need certain breaks in place to allow you know a map to load or something but it's it makes the experience very a little bit nostalgic in in sometimes a good way sometimes a bad way but i'm definitely enjoying it so far so i'll, I'll continue to update we're entering the golden period of, of me playing video games i think so I, I might get some actual traction on this in spite of my usual i started this game and then you don't hear about it for like weeks i think this might be might be different so that's uh that's really the only thing i have to have to mention i don't know nerd bomber i don't know if you had anything else to mention if i just swooped in and stole the remainder of an update that you had but oh no I did. my only other thing was that we started watching welcome to wrexham but we're not really that far in but it did inspire us to try to figure out what kind of premier league fan we want to be so more to come on that but i'm excited to hear how far you get in assassin's creed 2 we'll update tactic that leaves us with you what's been on your on your mind and your heart and your and your life so nerd bomber and i took a pretty cool road trip to the uh the the northern lands of toronto and the one thing i wanted to make particular mention of is while we were exploring the city we, we came across this really neat restaurant storm crow manor and it is just like got all these little like nerdy themes and like you can make a burger by rolling the dice and literally it's a it's a roll of the dice on what you get it's how you pick your patty it's how you pick your meat it's how you pick your your cheese your bread your toppings your sauces yeah they literally like they give you a, a dungeons and dragons-esque sheet of paper and you basically roll through it to make your perfect hamburger or maybe gross hamburger who knows and then they also have like various themes like i got I got Appa's chicken sandwich from, uh, so if you're not familiar who Appa is, he's from Kim's Convenience, which is a fantastic show. And it's just an overall good vibe, good time. So 10 out of 10 recommend if you ever take a trip to Canada to, to check out that restaurant. Yeah, the only thing I was disappointed in, so Paul Sun-Hyung Lee um, who you might know, he he plays Appa in Kim's Convenience. He, you know, he's going to be Uncle Iroh in the live action adaptation of Avatar. He is a huge geek. He's also, he had like a cameo in The, the Mandalorian, Mandalorian yeah. I believe. And he's like a common frequenter of Stormcrow Manor. And I was really hoping we'd run into him. And it did not happen. Sad days. Stormcrow looks super cool. And then while we were on this road trip, we needed to recruit Illegal to take care of our dog. So then when we came back, we then went to brunch together. The, the whole yeah. gang. So that was a good time. I took care of the dog. The dog's fine, guys. I know you're all thinking, oh, God, he, he probably messed that dog up. No, everything was fine. He's a good boy. It was an easy job. And uh, we went to brunch and had a good time. 10 out of 10, good boy. For but sure. Tactic, you also left out a big part. We saw the freaking Stanley Cup. And did you know? There are three Stanley Cups. There's the the Stanley Cup. Well, there's the original. I guess that doesn't really count. But there's the original. But then there's a Stanley Cup that's in the Hockey Hall of Fame. And then there's a Stanley Cup that's the traveling one. And they're not one in the same. So if you guys know me, I'm a huge hockey nerd. Love the Colorado Avalanche. They won. And when 
they took their team picture they dented the cup and we were like where is the dent and it's a different cup guys i mean they'll probably fix the dent as well but it's a different cup so sad days that had to be deflating to not be able to find the dent you probably so excited to find the dent. i was i was like i'm gonna touch the dent but yeah yeah no. well, it's got to become friends with the colorado avalanche i don't know if that's what they call them but yeah cool shout out to the the great white north Nerd Bomber, you are administering the quiz that I will be losing in today. Is that correct? That is absolutely correct. And it is about Ikea. But before we get into it, I'm going to turn it over to you to give us the update on the standing. Yeah, it's not great. Technic 11 and 8, Nerd Bomber 10 and 9, Legal 86. That's me. 8 and 15. Bad. Uh, but bad. Bad vibes over here. Okay. Let's see if I lose again. Sorry, Steven's 2 and 1. Sorry. Steven, I apologize. Steven's two and one. So we'll go ahead and we'll have Tectic go first to try to give Illegal a little bit of an advantage, but this never seems to work in your favor anyway. It's it's uh, a weekly tradition, yeah, yeah. but it never works. So we'll start at the very beginning. When was IKEA founded? This was founded in 1957. That's an incredible guess. I was thinking 50s. Uh, they do a lot of mid-century modern stuff. This was definitely post-World War II. But again, from a strategery standpoint, I'm going to go ahead and say 1800. The strategery paid off. They were founded in 1943 and Illegal gets his first point of the game. What a terrible time to start a business. Let me just throw that out there. Uh, good for them, I guess, that they got through. But like, man. Well, I mean, they've definitely prospered because, you know, they're all over the world at this point. You know, they're a Swedish company, but they're all over the world at this point. In that vein, how many IKEA locations are open globally, or at least as of 2021? This is... Oh, man. I like this question. Look, this is Sparta. 300. 301. Why were you counting on your fingers to get there? I was trying to pick the optimal time to use the plus one. Oh, I was like, wow, that was... I didn't understand what was happening there. Unfortunately, illegal tactic scooped you on that one. There are 445 locations. So that means we're at a tied game. Hey, look, game respect game. That's a solid plus one. That's, that's, That's what we do here. So... There's a lot of IKEA locations, but there is obviously only one of the largest in the world. It's based in Stockholm. How many square feet is the world's largest IKEA? This is 57,000 square feet. I think it's significantly more, but I'm going to be safe and say 57,001. You probably could have, you know, doubled, tripled, even gone 10 times because... It covers a whopping 594,000 square feet. But I understand that you wanted to play it safe. What you don't know is that all of Sweden is just one big Ikea. <laughs> People don't know that. Uh, Stockholm, it's just an Ikea. Okay, so it's tied up, right? Or no, am I no, ahead now? No, you're now winning. Now. It's two to one. Well, you you, can, you might but actually but... win this one. We'll see. So, you know, Ikea is not only known for their furniture, but they also sell Swedish treats, including meatballs, in their cafes. What percentage of all sales is comprised of food sales? It's an interesting question. Fun fact, hopefully not to spoil a future question, but if my memory serves, they lose money on the meatballs. This is like a common fact that's said about IKEA. They're actually, and this isn't spoiling anything, but I was reading that they actually on purpose try to make their meals and food offerings very affordable. So people stay. So people stay and shop. Right. Which leads me to believe it's probably, we're looking for a percentage here. It's probably relatively significant. I'm going to say, I'm going to say 16%. Is it percent revenue or percent like whether you bought percent of all sales how much so of whether that you is bought food? a bed frame or like so a say, meatball that they're that's just one sale one sale kind of thing 
I'm guessing in it's dollars. independent of how, um, how it's much in it dollars. So like if they made a million dollars, what percentage of that million was in food? That's one percent. It's it's way lower than sixteen. All right. So Technic actually got that one. It, it, I thought it would be kind of a trick question to get you guys to both bust and keep things interesting, but he got it. Not on the nose, but five percent of all sales okay. is food sales. So we're back to being a tied game. Are we are we texting for this? To tied nope. up going no, into the final. Because this isn't a tiebreaker. This is, this is just the fifth question. So you do get an advantage here. Well there's no there's no plus warning, so it's not much of an advantage, but okay. So let's do it. What is the sum of the latitude and longitude of the IKEA headquarters? So take the latitude and the longitude and add them together and what is the sum of those numbers? Am I allowed to know how latitude and latitude and longitude works? Like, is it like, does it Absolutely go? not. <laughs> Absolutely not, is my answer. If you don't know, then you don't know. Yeah. Can you repeat the question? What is the sum of the latitude and longitude of the IKEA headquarters? Take the two numbers and you add them together. What is the sum? 172. Zero. Strategery is strategery. Illegal gets this and wins his first trivia quiz in a very long time. Is it on the equator? Is is latitude and longitude, does it go from negative to positive or is it all positive numbers? Either way, I still yeah, is it, Was it the absolute but, value of the sum? Well, it they were both positive numbers. So the latitude is 52.1673 degrees north and 4.4819 degrees east. And that adds to 56.6492. My plan was always to go very low because i wasn't sure if negative numbers were involved and if they are then zero is basically just the middle so i'm just kind of playing it safe and if it's not then i'm just hoping that you busted so and bust he did so you get i actually thought about it that time i i I fumbled the ball late in the last however many quizzes and finally for the love of god i did not this time so that moves me to nine and 15 i'm still behind both of you yeah Wow, this is weird. I'm going to be hosting the quiz next week. I don't even know what to do. There's you know that meme of like, I don't know what to do with my hands. That's kind of where I'm at right now. Good times. has been another fantastic episode. We thank you all for joining us. If you liked what you listened to, you can head over to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review there. Hit us up on Twitter at the handles we already mentioned. Head over to Patreon. Consider supporting the show. And uh, keep on being the best youth you can be. With all that in mind, I will turn it over to Tech Tech to take us out with a tech tip. Ta-dum. Have a good week, everybody.